Flashback Fridays on 630 Chad. Brought to you by Furnace Family, Edmonton's furnace replacement specialist. The 2000s. Yeah, I don't want Flashback Friday, powered by Furnace Family. Today, we spend some time talking about what happened in the aughts, the 2000s, the zeros. It's the last one that we can flash back to because it's starting to feel real recent. This is kind of a a tough decade to flash back to because in some ways, it feels like it just... It just happened. Yesterday? And it kind of Feels like did. yesterday. <laughs> it does. Yeah, it does. It's hard to talk about the the 2000s without having it bleed into the decade that we're currently in because everything that kind of happened in that decade sort of led us to where we are right now. I so think it you're all right. kind of feels like it's sort of tied together. Like it sort of seems like the last 20 years are kind of all a blur that that kind of melds together. Well, I mean, um, there's some really big um, societal changes in the 2000s, and you're right; they still affect the way that we live today. We're still dealing with it. Yeah, like the 2000s were the decade where our relationship with the internet changed a lot. Oh, did it You know, in the 90s, it was kind of introduced as a thing. You could go to websites. And then in the 2000s, it really became a lot more interactive. We started social networking. It was the very beginning of social media. People started YouTubing, started blogging. It really kind of became this thing that everyone was sort of on and connecting with in a much different way. So I I think that sort of, it it was the beginning of that in that decade. And that really led us to what things look like right now which is yeah. you know, we are our relationship it, right? with yeah with with creating content is you know now we have this kind of secondary self that's almost just as important as our real human experience which is sort of weird but our reliance on on technology on cell phones oh I mean, that changed a lot in the 2000s. I mean, just the emergence of the smartphone alone, you know, in the mid to late 2000s and the way that that completely changed everything that we do. I read a story one time about all of the things that we we no longer have because of um, cell phones, you know, like calculators. Nobody has a calculator anymore. Those are gone. Uh-huh. Um, I mean, I know for me, like a guitar tuner, forget it. You used to spend 100 bucks on a guitar tuner. Now there's one built into your phone. I mean, there's so many things that we used to have to go and get or we wanted to have or things, alarm clocks, forget it. Those are gone. Everything's built onto your phone now, right? I mean, it just takes care of so many things that we used to rely on day to day. I think it destroyed you, our patience, too, because we, when, we now know that our phone is something that we can rely on so heavily. And for everything, do. yeah. When you look back to when you went on vacation in the 80s and 90s, all the stuff you took, like yeah. 
uh, you know, like your camera and, and everything. And it's all in your phone now. Everything you is. Take your phone. Or like a map. Everything. Like, yeah. how did people, exactly. how did, like, I remember family vacations with my mom navigating a map and my dad getting super angry and like, you know, you, it, it was like, it was like, be quiet in the backseat girls because this is a tense moment as we're driving through a city using a map. How did people do that? In some ways, we're way better off. But I, yeah, the, the 2000s kind of was like the introduction to the world that we, as we know it now it, it, i think in that decade i think that's sort of the decade that began our obsession with celebrity in a big way it's so a big everyone really? could kind of get online and get there and get some recognition kind of the age of the reality star you know the simple yeah. life with paris hilton and nicole richie the kardashians started survivor began reality ah, tv survivor yes. began in the 2000s and you know what the other thing is with all of these things that happened is access because of social media, now suddenly you feel you have a line to people that before we didn't really know what was going on. You wouldn't know what's going on in Justin Bieber's world if it wasn't for Instagram and Facebook and all the rest of that stuff. But now it's constant. You know what they're doing every minute of the day. And you can actually get in touch with these people and weigh in on each and every single thing that happens. It, yeah. I mean, you, you know you, how I feel about social you media. Remember back in the old days when you had to take a picture of your dinner plate and then take the, the film to the store, get it yeah. developed, and then take that picture, put it in an envelope, address it, and mail it to someone to show <laughs> yeah. them what you had for dinner. Or carry it around in your wallet and pull it out to show them. Yeah. <laughs> the 2000s, is still, it's still the decade where people still looked bad in pictures because you were still taking them with disposable cameras and you didn't, you couldn't, you couldn't, you know, tweak an image over and over and over and look perfect. So, like, teenagers now have all of their memories recorded on uh, in pictures where they look perfect because I've been able to take a hundred different versions of them. Whereas when you're when you're documenting everything with a disposable camera, you looked how you looked. Yeah, so that's it was kind one of the last shot. That was it. People looked like crap in photos. Everybody had red eyes. I mean, you remember that? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and like being tagged on Facebook was something. It was like you dreaded looking to see what it looked like. Um, talking about, uh, you mentioned Survivor and reality TV really coming of age. Uh, here's a look at the movies and TV that were. Uh, Captivating us during the 2000s. Flashback Fridays on 6:30 Chad. Brought to you by Furnace Family, Edmonton's furnace replacement specialist. The 2000s. Wow, wow, wow! Is very nice. Are you not entertained? Why so serious? That is so fetch. Gretchen, stop trying to make fetch happen. It's not going to happen. This is Sparta. That's what she said. <clears throat> no. It's gonna be legend. Wait for it. Dairy. Legendary. We have to go back. No. I am the one who knocks. I want to go to there. Come here. Bazinga. I'm just going to say right now that uh, I don't know a lot of that, those TV shows. I, I, I caught Breaking Bad in there. And I think that's the only one I knew. 30 Rock. You didn't recognize How I Met Your Mother? Never watched yeah. How I Met Legend Your Mother. Dairy. The Big that Bang Theory? It's on, it's on all the time. Never watched Big it's Bang on, Theory. It's it, always on a, TV on some channel. That's a brilliant show. That's a brilliant show. I told you I haven't watched the sitcom show. since Seinfeld. <laughs> we disagree, again. <laughs> <laughs> Seinfeld is um, where the sitcom peaked, and ever since then it's been garbage as far as I'm concerned. No. Yes. No. What about The Office? Never seen it. Are you serious? Dead serious. Are you serious? 100% I just finished serious. watching the whole thing all over again, and it, it might be the best show on television ever. It's just oh, fantastic. Oh, calm down, Morley. 
You, yeah, no, well, now, right. now you're putting you yourself in the position that Chelsea put herself. You can't really <laughs> complain about it until you watch it. So now you have a weekend assignment. It's better than Sopranos and Breaking Bad? Well, no, it's the best it's sitcom. Let's, let's call it that. It's the best sitcom ever, I think. I think, it, watch, I think it goes past Seinfeld even. Wow. Shay, this is this is what you need in your life. You need something that's funny. Like everything that you watch is so like dark and moody and yeah. it's all like gangsters and mob guys killing about? each other. No, I watch, watch something funny. I watch Seinfeld reruns all the time. All the time. I love Seinfeld reruns. Oh I But don't I, they I, lose their momentum? No they don't. You gotta watch <laughs> you gotta watch The Office, Shay. It is it is fantastic. You I've been told that by other people. Love with it. But I've told I've told you guys before when somebody suggests something, I, I have this weird reaction and I, I should probably get into therapy and figure out what it is, but like now that you guys have told me I should watch Office, there's not a chance that I will. I don't know why it is. The only difference is Howard Stern. If Howard Stern recommends something, I'll watch it. Anybody else on the planet for some reason says you should watch that, I'm like, no, nah, forget it. Strike it off the list. I don't know why that is. That's terrible. Fine. It, you're, it's your loss, honestly. <laughs> I mean, if you don't want to watch it, you don't have to watch it. Uh, but talking about technology changing, Rob texted in and said, uh, imagine doing your show without the text line. Oh, I imagine that every we've day. We imagined that, yes. Yeah, glorious, we have that would imagined. Be. <laughs> <laughs> Our mental well-being would be so imagine, much better. Imagine where we would be without technology during COVID now. I mean, oh, yeah. I'm, I'm working at home. Uh, Chelsea, you're at home. Shay, you're at the studio. But imagine you'd be working alone, Shay. I would be. I'd be the only one here. <laughs> no, you're right. Oh, I mean, where would I, you get your information? That would be so strange. I think technology is without a doubt for me. When you look at the 2000s, what happened, it's, I mean, just the advancements that we saw in technology based around the internet are far and away the most life-changing thing that I think I've lived through. I mean, it's completely changed the yeah. way we do everything. The advancements, I think, in the 2000s to, to lead us where we are today, yeah, has changed. It's changed our lives extraordinarily. Morley, what about sports in the 2000s? Well, what can we look we'll back give on you and a, remember? We'll give you a few things here. Uh, it was uh, a lot of droughts came to an end in the 2000s. Uh, the Red Sox won the World Series in 04, first time since 1918. The White Sox oh, the won curse, it yeah. in 05. Yeah, that ended the Bambino curse, right? Uh, the White Sox won it in 05. That ended an 88-year drought. Then in 2016, the Cubs won it, ending a 108-year drought. <laughs> uh, in hockey, Chicago won in 2010. That was their first since 1961. The Leafs, by the way, still sitting at 1967. Yeah. Uh, Droughts ended. Dynasties began. Bill Belichick took over in New England as coach. Tom Brady joined him. You know what happened over the next 20 years there, right? They became the best at what they do probably ever. Ever, yeah. Bas basketball, MJ retired. LeBron takes over. He wins championships all over the place. And an NHL phenomenon began November 22nd, 2003. The NHL played its first ever outdoor regular season game. It was here, 57,167 at the Commonwealth Stadium to watch Montreal beat the Oilers that afternoon. Before the game, the alumni game featured Gretzky and Lafleur. So what more do you want? Mm -hmm. uh, the idea of this outdoor game in Edmonton was hatched indoors in Los Angeles. Alan Watt was part of the team that dreamed it up. We were at the Oilers at the time thinking, we'd re should we get a draft and try and host a draft? Uh, should we try and get an all-star game? And it was made pretty clear to us from the NHL headquarters that that probably wasn't on the horizon because there was new buildings coming on and they, there was a queue for going to Toronto, going to San Jose, going to Dallas. And so 
I had always talked, and Patrick LaForge and I talked in his office about what would happen if we actually had a scrimmage at uh, at Horlock Park on the ice or at the Victoria Oval or if we could do something really hockey-like. We were at the All-Star Game in Los Angeles and we're sitting in, in the hotel uh, uh, BAR and... Uh, we were Cal Nichols and Patrick LaForge and myself were there. I can remember it like it was yesterday. And we said, you know, we're at an all-star game for the National Hockey League, and it it doesn't feel like hockey. Uh, we don't have Sorrells on. We don't have a scarf or a toque or anything. We're walking around in golf shirts. And it was it was at that moment that 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 the notion of having an outdoor game was actually hatched with those three people in the room. And I and uh, and it became it became a, a an idea after that, a notion that then became an idea, and then actually came to fruition. What was the NHL's first reaction? The NHL's reaction was, "That's a very uh, that's a very interesting idea." Uh, are you sure you can pull it off in November? Um, and we had. You know, we're like more than two years out, two, about two years out. And then they came to the point where they said, if you can find somebody that will agree to be your opponent, we'll be okay with it. And so uh, the, the notion was, I think, maybe Calgary. And then uh, the thinking that well, that's kind of regional. Uh, as much as that would have been, that would have been a Tong war outside, because in those days still would be. Um, but Montreal was was uh, and and this is where uh, shortly after that first Kevin Lowe became involved and when 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 Kevin Lowe thought it was a good idea then it then it really took legs because you needed you needed to have hockey on side and uh, so Kevin uh, helped us phone Montreal and Montreal said yes and. The minute that, uh, I wish I would have kept it, but we, uh, Gary Bettman's office said, if you could send us something in writing with their approval, and when they're so busy faxing things back and forth, and that's how it happened. It was as simple as that. There you go. I'm sure it wasn't as very simple as he says. But since then, it's funny, guys. I always got the impression that the NHL let the Oilers do this and kind of wash their hands of it until it was a success. And then they just said, okay, we'll take it now. And since then, 28 more outdoor games have been played. It's a big part of the NHL now moving forward. I was at that game, and yeah, it was so cold. Oh, man. You know what I, you know what I remember most about it, uh, weather-wise, is it was so cold. But they, they played one of the advertisements during the game, and it had a, a weather guy on saying that... To, it's you know minus twenty today or whatever. Yeah, but tomorrow yeah. it's going up to plus one, and everyone started to boo because <laughs> tomorrow it's going to be plus one. Today we're standing here freezing our butts off. It was so cold. At least it was memorable, I guess. Right. Flashback Fridays on six thirty. Chad brought to you by Furnace Family, Edmonton's furnace replacement specialist. The two thousands.
back at the 2000s, the aughts. Good to hear a little Nelly in there. I love Nelly. That Lady Marmalade song always makes me laugh because I remember, um, do you remember the video for that? How could I forget? Of course I remember that video. It's a wonderful (laughs) video. (laughs) I was watching it and and my dad came down into the basement and thought that it was porn. That's like four girls dancing around in their underpants for three minutes. to get rid of much music. He's like, that's it. We don't have cable anymore in this house. But that, I mean, compared to now, that oh, was yeah. nothing. New, no. Yeah, things have changed. A, a whole lot more. The 2000s really paved the way for where things where things are now. Um, but yeah, some good some good music. And I mean, it's it's hard to really throw back to that decade. Because it a is. lot of those songs are still songs you listen to now. Like, totally. We're able to go to the bar. A lot of those like early 2000s, like 2000s hip hop is is like what is playing right now. Sure, exactly. So it's not, it, it's, it's not really like a trip down memory line lane so much it's more you know i think i think it's interesting to kind of think about like where you were in in the 2000s what did your life look like yeah, so you were at global i was at global i'd been there for a couple of years yeah so um my life looked just like it looked for the next 20 years really wow yeah. was it you st- but you started there in the 90s i guess yeah i started there when it was itv in 1998 was my wow. first uh, first go around with uh, Global? Well, I, like I say, it was ITV at the time. So yeah, I started there in '98 and stayed there until 2019, 2020. What changes were happening in TV in the 2000s? Not a whole lot. I mean, it, you know what happened in um, in uh, 2001, of course, was probably the biggest event of our lifetime, which would be up until the pandemic, anyway, which was 9/11. Mm-hmm. And that, oh, and that really changed a lot of things. I mean, of course, that changed the thing the way everybody did everything. But I remember when that happened, um, I was so mad because Global at the time, or ITV or whoever it was, decided to go to national coverage for a few days. So mm-hmm. you, our, our, all of our local shows got booted, which I was like, oh, come on. It's the biggest news event of the year of our lives. And uh, you're yanking your local people off the air. It never made sense to me. I mean, people tune into local news because those are the people that they trust to tell them what's going on. On, but right. whatever, I don't make those kind of decisions. So we went to this national coverage for two or three days. So we got little 10-minute cut-ins to tell people what was going on locally, but it was kind of a bummer. What an interesting time, though, to be, to, to even to, to get like a 10-minute cut-in. I mean, yeah, well, to be you, reporting on that is something you'd remember forever. But I think it did change the way that we looked at news. It changed the way that we totally. approached news. And that and that was something that we saw, to, especially towards the end of the decade, too. Like, the, the, it kind of began with 9-11 and the 24-hour news cycle and then sort of emerged into Twitter and getting getting news, you know, in these, yes. little, these yeah. little bits and bites, like all getting inundated with information. Kind it's of continuous, right? Yeah. yeah, exactly. You're right social media burst onto the scene and changed the way that everything operates in terms of information and how people get it and they can pick and choose and um, and uh, it's constant like you say it's a 24 like back in the day I mean maybe even the 90s and maybe early in the 2000s um, you know the 6 o'clock news was a big deal that's when you got your daily update on what was going on people watched the shows in the morning and things like that and then they watched the news before they went to bed at 11 o'clock um, those days are gone you know it's constant it, it, the news is 24 hours now there's no it used to be um, appointment viewing is what they called it, right? It was, oh, it's 6 o'clock, the news is on, i got to find out what's happening. Well, th- those days are over because you don't need to wait to find out what's happening anymore. Now it's a, a million different sources coming exactly. at you all the time. Yeah, and if only we could have kind of known in the 2000s what what things were going to look like. You know, the relationship we have with our phone and this little device that we're all so attached to now gives us information like that, gives us connection in a much different way that we couldn't have anticipated, and it all began in, in the 2000s. Um, someone on the 
text line says, 2000 was the best year ever my daughter was born. Oh, that's nice. That's a good, that's a nice, a nice, like, round year to have a baby. Yeah, I was hoping, I, mine was born in 2001, my first kid. Oh, well, still exciting. It's, pretty, it's still pretty good, but it's not as good as 2000. That's kind of cool. We were talking about movies earlier, and Matthew texted in and said, The Lord of the Rings are some of the most overrated movies of all time. I they disagree. They're nowhere near as good as what people say it is. I think they're great. I love them. I they're agree. long, too. They're like three hours long, but they're good. I like them. Never yeah, they're long it. enough that you can you can try and put yourself to sleep and try and miss out on most of it. When did Hangover come out? Because that's one of my all-time favorite movies. That was in the 2000s, wasn't it? Oh, that's a good that's a good question. That was a really good one. That's and another one movie that, was, that I'll watch whenever it comes on TV. And and one that was kind of like, oh my gosh, I can't believe they can get away with this. In a movie. That's Which what one? I think. That's yeah, what I think mine. happened a lot with TV and movies in the 2000s is they, they started to push the envelope a lot more. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, you started to see some curse words on TV. You started to see a lot more gory scenes in movies. I think the envelope really got pushed through the 2000s well, up to now to, to what we see on TV now is in, and in movies is just incredible. Well, Stuff you'd never see. No. You know, but that was, I think that was because, you know, you look what HBO did with Sopranos and The Wire and those shows were such huge hits. If you're in network television, like, I, I mean, you're competing on a different level because of what they can get away with on those cable networks versus what you can do on a, on a, on a network show. I think they had to adapt or they were going to get left behind in a big way. That's a good point, yeah. Like, the the, the TV shows that we were watching kind of changed. Totally. Into, into, like, dramas and into really, like, very interesting storytelling. In the golden age of way. television, they called the 2000s, when you had, you know, Breaking Bad and Sopranos and The Wire and all those shows that sort of, like you say, really did change the way that people watch TV and what we expected. The anti-hero was born with Walter We've, White uh, and Tony Soprano. We've talked a lot about The Godfather uh, the last couple of days. You think now back when it came out, when it first went on TV, it's a three-hour movie that was an hour and a half on TV yeah, because they yeah. had to cut out so much stuff. And now the stuff you see on, you saw on The Wire or you saw on Breaking Bad or you, or you see on The Sopranos, it's probably more violent in some cases than, than what was cut out of The Godfather. I would think so. Yeah, absolutely it is, for sure. Definitely it is. There's no doubt. Uh, Randy Kilburn, um, as he has all throughout our Flashback Friday features, uh, put together a look at uh, some of the news events that really shaped this decade. And uh, listening to it this morning, I was like, oh, yeah, you know, there were some really, really big happenings in the 2000s. Flashback Fridays on 630 Chad. Brought to you by Furnace Family, Edmonton's furnace replacement specialist. The 2000s. Wow, 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 he's very nice. Are you not entertained? Why so serious? Hang on, I'm playing the wrong one, aren't I? We already played this one, didn't we? Gretchen, stop. Yeah, we already did that one. Sorry, here's Randy's. Flashback Fridays on 630 Chad. Brought to you by Furnace Family, Edmonton's furnace replacement specialist. The 2000s. Well, the beginning of the end of the 20th century started with people wondering what the heck was going to happen because of Y2K. Even Dr. Spock, the late Leonard Nimoy, wondered, uh, along with others. At the stroke of midnight, January 1st, 2000, elevators may stop. Heat may vanish. Credit cards and ATMs may cease to function. Airplanes and trains may come to a halt. People were terrified the world was going to end. This is not one of the summer movies where you can close your eyes during the scary parts. Well, it turned out we could have closed our eyes because there were no scary parts. Clock went from December 31st, 1999 to January 1st, 2000 without 
a hitch. In early 2001, Wikipedia was launched. September the 11th, 2001 will always be known as a dark day across North America. The Twin Towers of the World Trade Center were soon to be no more after terrorists hijacked two jetliners and crashed them into the towers. A passenger on one of the hijacked jets left this voicemail message of resolve and love for his family. On an airplane that's been hijacked and things will go well and I'm looking good. I just want you to know I absolutely love you. I want you to do good. So happy to find uh, same to my parents and everybody. And I just totally love you and uh, I'll see you in Chester. Hi, babe. Another plane crashed into the Pentagon. A fourth hijacked plane crashed in a field in Pennsylvania after passengers overpowered the hijackers. Close to 3,000 people died that day. The very next month, the invasion of Afghanistan took place as the war on terror got underway. In 2002, the euro was introduced. The first group of 20 prisoners arrived at Guantanamo Bay, Cuba, and Halle Berry became the first black woman to win a Best Actress Oscar. 2003, Toronto was hit by the biggest outbreak of the SARS virus outside of Asia. This may be hard to believe because it feels like it's been around forever, but it was early 2004 that Mark Zuckerberg founded Facebook. In 2005, YouTube was launched by three former PayPal employees, and in Canada that year, the Senate approved a bill to legalize same-sex marriages. Also in 2005... When Hurricane Katrina struck New Orleans, entire neighborhoods vanished under 20 feet of water. The devastation ranks as one of America's worst natural disasters. Nearly 2,000 people died because of Katrina. 2006, Twitter was launched. In late 2006, former Iraqi leader Saddam Hussein was executed. Here's what Steve Jobs had to say back on January the 9th, 2007. This is a day I've been looking forward to for two and a half years. And we are calling it iPhone. Today, today, Apple is going to reinvent the phone. 2008, the U.S. elected its first black president, Barack Obama. 2009, it was actually quite quiet, except for the oldest skeleton of a human ancestor being uncovered in Ethiopia. For Flashback Fridays on 630 Ched, brought to you by Furnace Family, I'm Randy Kilburn. Thank you, Randy. Exceptional work, as always. Appreciate your help with this uh series of flashbacks that we've done over the course of this month. Lots of big events in the news for sure. Uh, lots of big things happening in sports. The thing about sports, it just rolls on, Morley. There's never a dull moment. Never, ever a dull moment. How about this? Maybe the biggest goal of the 2000s? On the ice with a Gimlet. A Gimlet scores it! Sidney Crosby! The golden goal! In Vancouver, Sidney Crosby scores the goal that won Canada the gold medal at the Olympics on home soil, which is something obviously very special. One of those goals where everybody remembers where they were at the time. Uh, staying with hockey, uh, no Stanley Cup in 2005 as the season was wiped out uh, due to the labor stoppage. But in 2006, well, that was memorable, especially here. The Oilers went to the Stanley Cup final. Oilers general manager Kevin Lowe retooled the team. Chris Pronger, Michael Pekka added in the offseason. Then guys like Dwayne Rolison and Sergei Samsonov added at the trade deadline. The Oilers rolled to Game 7 of the Cup Final before losing in Carolina. Uh, Lowe says the moves he made worked out well. We, we had a lot of assets too, so 
Um, it's not like we're, you know, spending uh, ridiculously. We're, we had replenished assets and made trades in the years leading up that we had extra draft picks and we had some players that we, we could move to, to make these moves. And it all worked out. I mean, we're, we're one game away from winning another Stanley Cup, uh, which would have been nice. But uh, the run was great. And, and uh, to see the building the way it was and, and the way the city, again, embraced the team was, uh, was, you know, one of my greater memories. Do you ever think back to 06 and say, I wonder what if? Um, yeah, well, I mean, the biggest what if is the pronger trade, and that was that was disappointing. I mean, that's one of the reasons why I stepped down as general manager because the behind the scenes stuff was quite often too. I, it wasn't my call it cup of tea. I just I didn't I didn't enjoy negotiating with the agents. Uh, in all due respect to their profession, uh, uh, there just seemed to be more baggage, uh, too much baggage going on when you're the general manager and. That's why I eventually stepped away. But, but you know, knowing halfway through the season that, that, that you know, Prongs wasn't happy in Edmonton for whatever reason, never did really find out. Uh, and then to have to make that, that deal, um, I guess if, if I had to do it all over again, I, I might have just said, you know, just let him sit. And, and if he didn't want to play in Edmonton, then not play anywhere. But... But that never happened, and he was traded a couple of weeks after the season ended. Uh, Chris Pronger, probably the best player in the world when he stepped off the ice after Game 7, and man, that really hit the franchise hard going forward, didn't it? I, I, guys, i got to say thanks to Kevin Lowe, who was just so good uh, over the last uh, month. I, I talked to him for about a half an hour one day about uh, uh, every decade that we talked about, and you know, he's been pretty much a part of it all as the he first has, draft yeah. pick, the first player, the first goal, player, coach. GM, you know, uh, so I thank him for all his great memories. So it was kind of cool going down memory lane with him. Yeah, no kidding. Okay, thanks, Morley. Great job. Hi, it's Shauna, and I might be a bad parent because my kids think french fries are vegetables. Hey, it's Ryan, and I might be a bad parent because I went out for wings when my wife was in the hospital after giving birth. Johnny here. I might be a bad parent because in my house, the tooth fairy gives pocket change. But we're not alone. Len emailed us and said his six-year-old daughter's Tarzan moment going from love seat to lazy boy by curtains made him more proud than any dance <laughs> recital. And Andy left his two-year-old at the rink. All right, guys, I'm sure we're not alone, like Andy's kid. For stories and confessions like this, make sure you check out our podcast. It's called Bad Parents, and it's available wherever you get your podcasts. I left a glove at the rink.